On today's podcast, we have our very first guest in our young podcast history. Brandon Cleefa joins us in segment two to discuss all things NFL Draft, including top picks, potential bust, and what our teams need to do to have a successful draft. Segment three finishes off the episode with a random question, some recommendations, and Tyler's quote of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode number 12 of the Life After College podcast. I am your host, Austin Zershmi, joined again by my co-host, Tyler Brockman. Tyler, what is going on? Man, we got a good one for you people listening today. We got a great podcast in order. (laughs) Did you do anything exciting over the weekend? I know we had thunder this past weekend. I'm not quite sure what goes on. The weekend after Thunder, leading up to the weekend of Derby, but did you Uh, do anything exciting? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what exactly the timeline is, but I'm sure the balloon glow, then the balloon race, Uh, the steamboat race. I don't know when everything fits in, but um, no, I mean, you know, this weekend, unfortunately, had to start the grind to uh, start studying for these finals. Um. Did take some study breaks, you know, to enjoy it. Uh, at the dental school, we can, like, walk across the street to the med school and go up the tower. And uh, me and a friend, we went up to the 14th floor. And mm-hmm. so we had a nice view where we could kind of see some of the air show, watched uh, some of the planes do their acrobatic tricks and whatnot. Were you all studying on saturday and just happened to be up there or what was y'all doing yeah we were we were at school studying and um you know you're studying writing some stuff up on a whiteboard and the room then starts shaking hear, yeah then you just hear this like jet come through and uh i don't know there was a like a cool bomber um thing that's like one of those uh like very inconspicuous like spy type things and then you had some of the older planes some of the like new fast jets some of the uh ones that do a bunch of barrel rolls and stuff so Mm -hmm. we we walked over there went up to the 14th floor looked out the window um because it's i don't know maybe uh seven or eight blocks from waterfront yeah so pretty good yeah yeah pretty good view and then you're up high enough and it's uh you know you can kind of walk around to see as they like go to turn around and all that sort of thing so that was good and you know watch the fireworks love a good fireworks show still stay there the whole day no 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 no. i was back at home for that but felt like i was there all day how was traffic getting to campus and stuff, leaving? Um, it wasn't bad when I left. It was probably like 5 o'clock, so I don't think the firework traffic had hit yet. And um, it's far enough away that uh, we didn't get like too far into I mean, some people were charging, you know, had their cardboard signs out <laughs> saying like $20 to park here type thing, but... I don't know how many people were really um, doing that. Mm-hmm. Where'd you end up parking? Do you all have like a garage that y'all can park at? Yeah. Uh, we have a one of our like normal garages is like a block away from the school. But on the weekends, we can park in the one that's like right next to the school. Um, like one of the hospital garages. So we gotcha. parked just right there. Didn't get like too caught up in anything but if you ever need to you know get downtown for thunder next year hit me up i'll tell you which garage will be open and you can just park there take your stroll on to the to the waterfront park sounds like a hell of a plan um and then speaking of getting caught up and stuff we had a Exciting weekend of racing going on. I'll go ahead and start first with uh, NASCAR's recent race at Talladega Super Speedway. 
you know, great racing all around. Uh, people getting caught up in wrecks left and right. A lot of passes, a lot of slingshots, a lot of different runs throughout the race. And ended up having a, an exciting finish where the guy who was in first place for the last however many laps ends up finishing sixth because he zigs when he should have zagged on the very last corner of the race and goes from first to sixth in the span of a couple hundred feet. So that's Talladega for you. Uh, did you end up seeing any of the race? What are your initial thoughts on it? Yeah, I got to see uh, some of the race. Um, I mean, I like super speedway racing. I think it's fun that, you know, the whole pack is together, like, uh, you know, on the lead lap together. You know, some of these tracks, it's it's hard keeping track of, like, okay, now, is this person really racing this other car, or are they a lap down, or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever's going on after a long green flag run. But mm-hmm. in uh, stage three, all of stage three was a green flag run, and pretty much everyone was on the lead lap. Um, I mean, you had a few cars causing some lap traffic things, but, you know, everyone's there together all in a pack and, uh, you know, anything can happen at the end, like you see. So I like seeing that. I mean, no, I don't want to see every racetrack become that, but, um, I think it's, I think it's fun. Yeah. One of the better races of the year for sure. And then I think I actually got our, um, guest coming up. Spoiler alert. For segment two, I think he watched a little bit of the race and he might be into racing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, gaining new fans one day at a time. That's um, what we like to hear. So, what did you think of the race? Yeah, race was good. Uh, I always like Talladega, Daytona, and Bristol are probably my three favorite tracks to watch races at. Um, you know, the two super speedways and then the shortest track on the circuit with Bristol being there. Uh, I like the uh, the high intensity all the time. You know, it always, you know, it may seem like they're just riding around, going around, you know, wait for laps to wind down to not get caught up in a wreck. But the last, you know, 20 laps or so, it's go time. It's all take, no give. People making moves, taking passes, making crazy blocks. You know, people getting loose, wiggling, causing a whole pack to, you know, hold their breath while they figure out what's going on up front. And then, you know, somebody sneezes and then all of a sudden there's 20 cars flipped over and on fire. So that's just kind of the high intensity type things that super speedway racing can bring. Um, I can't wait until the next, you know, super speedway race. I think they're going to Daytona again in August and then Talladega later uh, in the fall. So that's our last uh, bit for the next couple months, um, but should have some more great racing uh, in the schedule uh, here in the next couple weeks. And then jumping from NASCAR, we have another racing topic for you uh, with F1. They recently had a race this past weekend. Uh, first lap had some crazy chaos, you know, as it always does with F1. And then Max Verstappen ends up uh, coming through and winning the race at the very end. Uh, I know you're a big F1 guy, probably more F1 than NASCAR, but did you get up early enough to watch the race? I know it came on, you know, probably at a a normal hour, about 9, Yeah, Uh, unfortunately, uh, I was up beforehand, already starting to study, and so uh, it, it wasn't too early this week. That wasn't the problem, but, um, you know, big picture, like you said, Max won. Um, I think that's good for this season, you know, being someone who wants to see a close championship battle. Uh, he had a couple of reliability issues with his car, caused him uh, some troubles early in the season, kind of dug himself a hole in the points battle uh, against Charles. So um, that him winning, getting fastest lap plus uh, this week was a sprint race where they kind of have an extra little mini race um, before the race to determine the starting spots. 
Uh, that's something that they implemented uh, at a few races last year for the first time. And they're going to have a couple more this season. So, um, I mean, who doesn't like more racing? Just short, quick, little, little sprint race. Um, but yeah, so now that championship battle is closer because Max won and then uh, Charles also made a little mistake and uh, dropped himself down to ninth. So um, didn't get the big points haul that he was hoping for um, and just brings that championship um, mm-hmm. big picture. That's what I like to see uh, looking into it. Um, disappointed for uh, probably my main man, Daniel Ricardo. Had a lap one incident. Hate to see it, but um, those things happen when the track's wet. It's hard to control the car. Slide a little bit more. Bump into another car. It's not like uh, Talladega or Daytona. You little bump and uh, can really mess up the arrow uh, on these cars. And so he he was pretty much handicapped from the beginning of the race. Um, uh, but his teammate, uh, Lando, he got a podium thanks to Charles spinning out. And so maybe that, you know, is some good news for the McLaren team and looking forward to the next race is going to be over here in the United States in Miami. So, um, anybody who's looking to kind of get into it this season, I think, uh, you know, a U.S. race is one to Get yourself started. Mm-hmm. And I saw that uh, recently some breaking news with Elon Musk, you know, recently purchased Twitter for $44 billion. I mean, he could have used, you know, that money to buy two pretty good general admission tickets uh, for the race in Miami in the next couple of weeks with how yeah. crazy those prices are. Yeah, but, prices for uh, Formula One. I think it's almost cheaper to buy the plane ticket to go somewhere in Europe and get the cheaper (laughs) tickets there. Um, Right now, it just seems to be a very hot ticket over here in the U.S. Even uh, in Austin for the Circuit of the Americas. uh, Now with the news of Vegas getting a race um, coming up. So that one's also probably going to be, you know, big price tag on those tickets so might have to go to vancouver or something where where is the one in uh canada is it in vancouver montreal something like that yeah so i think that's go to mexico maybe yeah might be cheaper to go to mexico it might die too (laughs) yeah but you go to canada and it's like uh ah home race for lance stroll and nicholas latifi not exactly some Some excitement there. Yeah, whatever. And with that, we will cut segment one there. We have special guests that I hinted at earlier, Brandon Cleefoot on the podcast today to introduce us to the NFL draft, give us some top picks for the Jets, Chargers, and his team, the Titans, give us his top five picks overall, and along with a couple hot takes. And that'll be... Right up next here on the Life After College podcast. Jumping into segment number two, we have the big topic for you guys this week. We have the NFL draft coming up on Thursday, and we brought on none other than our own NFL draft analyst, Mr. Brandon Cleefoot, everyone. Happy to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> All right, and then with Brandon, some of you guys may know him, some of you guys may not, uh, but Brandon has picked up this strange hobby of being so dedicated and into these NFL drafts where he has seven-round mock drafts, a bunch of notes on the third guard out of a small D2 school. Uh, and where his draft stock is in the sixth round, if he's going to go undrafted, what type of contract he should sign, and his you know overall comparisons to somebody else. I mean, he has been doing this for years, and I think he's you know probably up there with Todd McShay and the Mel Kuypers of the world. 
He probably knows a lot more than you know the average person about the NFL draft. And with you know his own takes, he he not only just does it for his own team, he will do it for all 32 teams. And that's one of the main reasons we brought him on here today for him to share his knowledge. Like I said before, we have the draft coming up on Thursday. And with that, Brandon, I know you're a big Titans fan. Myself, I'm Chargers, and with T-Brock being the Jets, what do you think are going to be the top picks in the first round for our three teams? So, yeah, the the Jets is really interesting. I'm not a Jets fan at all, but throughout this draft cycle, they're they're probably my favorite team to draft for just because they have so many needs and so many top picks. Sure and they do. Can, yeah, they can go so many different directions. Um, a couple guys that I think they need, I think they should target edge early. Um, it seems like they're big on wide receivers. For me, I would be more comfortable drafting a receiver in the early second round and going a little bit uh, defensive heavy in the first round myself. Uh, do you have like anyone in particular that you're looking at edge-wise? I don't even know what uh, pick the Jets have in the first round. Yeah, so they have four and ten, and it's really interesting because the Lions, Texans, and Jaguars all need edge defenders as well. So if a guy like Kayvon Thibodeau or Trayvon Walker or an Aiden Hutchinson was to fall to the Jets at four, um, I like any of those three guys. And a, a wild card, I know they have George Fant and Makai Becton, but it's not not looking good for Macab Becton right now. Uh, and you need those bookend tackles for your young quarterback. So I wouldn't be surprised if they took an Evan Neal or Ike Aquane at four as well. How does that sound to you, T-Brock? Are you excited? I mean, I'm, I'm with you on the defensive needs and pushing the wide receiver off until the second round. They've got a couple of picks early in the second round. Um, I almost wonder if, you know, receivers, you just try to find a veteran. Um, I mean, I know that they were, they've been trying. There's some chatter with Debo Samuels, maybe um, trying to get someone that way uh, instead of drafting. Um, hate to hear the uh, <clears throat> comment by Becton, you know, as, since he went to UofL. I've uh, been following him for a while. Um, but, yeah, injury trouble um, happens to the best of them. So, uh, hopefully they aren't going to be drafting to replace him and just drafting to build alongside him. Um, but, you know, they, they've got millions of dollars on the line and the future of their franchise. So, uh, definitely under more stress than I am. Yeah, mm-hmm. another uh, another. St- now, it shouldn't be a sleeper position because they need it, but um, a lot of guys in the, the Jets media seem to think they're not going to take a corner this high. But I think a Derek Stingley Jr. or a Sauce Gardner at 4 or 10 would also be a great pick for that Robert Sala defense. And I think if you could get Kayvon Thibodeau and then Derek Stingley at 10 or like a Jamison Williams, I feel like that would be a great first round for the Jets. Yeah, some of the people I follow on Twitter are pretty high on uh, Sauce Gardner. So um, could just be the bias and the people that I follow, but um, I, I'd I'd like to see that one happen. You know, out of the three things um, that we mentioned before about the uh, the Jets, Chargers, and Titans, um, you know, Chargers probably have the highest chance as of now to make the Super Bowl for next season. Um, sorry to the other AFC teams, you know, Jets and Titans, but uh, Brandon, what do you think are our top picks in the first round? Yeah, so I feel like the, the Chargers, I feel like they have to grab a tackle or a guard. I feel boring. like they've kind of, yeah, it is boring, but I, I feel like they've kind of put themselves in that position. Um, at tackle, you have Storm Norton and Trey Pipkins. <laughs> I don't think either one of those guys should be on NFL field. <laughs> and then you have Matt Fowler and Corey Lindsley on the inside, which is which is solid. Nice. 
Um, but yeah, that other guard spot is is not there. Uh, so some guys I like for them at 17 is maybe a Zion Johnson. Uh, he can play anywhere on the interior. Um, I think that the dream scenario for him would be a Charles Cross falling, but I, I'm not sure if he's going to fall that far. And then um, outside of that, tackle-wise, they might have to reach for somebody, maybe like a Bernhardt Raymond or a Tyler Smith, but I feel like that's really high for both of those guys. Yeah. Um, something I wouldn't mind seeing, even though I'm, I feel like they should go offensive line, is getting uh, another young wide receiver if one of them falls, maybe like a Chris Olave or Jamison Williams to go mm-hmm. along with uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams' skill sets. You know, Keenan Allen is is getting in his 30s, and he's getting expensive. So I feel like a, another young receiver to build up with Justin Herbert wouldn't hurt at all. Yeah, and I think with uh, kind of the Bengals' blueprint of, you know, drafting a playmaking wide receiver high in the first round when you have, you know, needs like a tackle or something, uh, can work wonders for an offense and a quarterback. And, you know, given Justin Herbert, all of these weapons should, you know, kind of put him in almost the MVP race for next season and a, a strong uh, Super Bowl run, hopefully, uh, for the Chargers. Um, you know, I've seen some tackle picks for the Chargers. Uh, I've looked at a lot of people are blasting that uh, Trevor Penning, I think, from Northwestern saying how he's, you know, not any good and kind of has some attitude problems and, you know, kind of gets run over from defensive linemen. I'm kind of hoping that we kind of steer clear of him. Um, I wouldn't mind taking a wide receiver. I think that would be the more exciting pick. Also that uh, uh, interior D-line from Georgia would also be, you know, crazy to have as well. Um, Don't really see them taking a linebacker high. Could also maybe take a corner to go alongside with uh, J.C. Jackson uh, and then have Asante Samuel in the slot and then Derwin James just kind of running around doing his own thing. Um, yeah, um, their their defense, just with all those offseason additions with Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson um, and kind of a sneaky signing, uh, Troy Reader, he was with uh, Brandon Staley at the Rams you know he's not a he's not a superstar by any means, but he knows that system. And linebacker, you have Troy Reader, uh, Kenneth Murray. Hopefully, he picks it up this year. And then Drew Tranquil. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's good enough to get by with with not having a second round pick this year. Um, I just feel like they should should really hit the offense, and then definitely uh, defensive line is a big need as well. Uh, you all signed Austin Johnson. He was with the Titans for a little bit. I believe he was with the Giants last. Um, he's a solid player. He's not really going to be much of a difference maker. He's kind of just there. He's not going to help you, not going to hurt you. Depth piece. Good depth piece. Uh, Sebastian Joseph Day is a good depth piece. Uh, but, yeah, I really, really hate to see Jerry Tillery not, not pick it up. <laughs> that kind of put him in a hole that first round pick having no impact the last three years or so. Yeah. That and Kenneth Murray as well, kind of shit in the bed. But um, that, I think that's kind of, you know, with our old coaches kind of in the ear of the GM kind of making picks. And now we got somebody new bringing in, you know, the hot free agents making splashes in the trade market and, you know, making these signings. And I think, you know, he had a pretty good draft last year. Um, and I'm hoping that, you know, the kind of this one will, you know, shine even brighter than last year's. I think last year we got, um, Asante Samuel in the second round. Um, and then, you know, Rashawn Slater in the first, and then he was all rookie tackle, um, and could very well be all pro this season. So mm-hmm. good first couple picks last year, hoping for the same this year. No second, obviously, with the uh, Mac trade, but uh, I think, you know, with our signings and our trades and, you know, another year with Brandon Staley um, coaching and putting in his system, 
we should be set for for making a strong push uh, for the championship. Yeah, I would I would consider them a good uh, trade back candidate as well, with not having that second round pick and mm-hmm. kind of having a couple uh, big sneaky needs. If say Jamison Williams, uh, Chris Olave, uh, maybe a Charles Cross are all off the board, and they're not comfortable with the Trevor Penning, because uh, I'm not I'm not real high on him myself. You know, moving back a couple spots, maybe the the Packers or Chiefs want to come up for a wide receiver, and maybe snagging a second or third round pick out of that. I think that's a that'd be a good move for him as well. Mm-hmm. And then now, you know, us being selfish, talking about our teams first, give us a little bit of hints on the inside of what the Titans plan on doing. Yeah, so it's looking like it's going to be uh, another offensive lineman, real fun. Uh, <laughs> But they've had some some big swings and misses over the past couple of years, and they have two pretty big holes right now at at uh, right tackle and left guard. Roger Saffold was getting a little old, so they had to cut him. And then uh, David Questenberry, who started at right tackle last year, wasn't wasn't really anything impressive. Um, he just went to the Bills. So we have two uh, starting positions up for grabs right now so it's looking like it's going to be offensive line even though i would really like a wide receiver to go with uh, aj brown and robert woods mm-hmm. especially with the news of kind of aj brown being unhappy and you know all that drama that comes along with that you never know how long he's going to be there yeah uh they i think they'll get that uh ex- extension done i think the the media kind of ran with that a little bit especially the jets media uh, I think they were just a little excited, but mm-hmm. I think they get that deal done. Uh, but yeah, there's a there's a couple big needs for the Titans, and cap wise, they're they're not looking too good. Uh, so it's going to be a important ja- draft this year. Mm-hmm. And then you know Derrick Henry can only go so many miles, you know, with that offense. Yeah, um, and Deontay Foreman signed with the Panthers this offseason as well. He he was the best running back for the team last year. Uh, I would I would even say he looked better than Derrick Henry most of the year. Uh, so definitely maybe in the third or fourth round of running back is is a sneaky big need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, you got a good coaching staff. I like Mike Vertable a lot. Um now I'm curious to see how they do this uh, next uh, season. You know, they had – I feel like that division has kind of been going downhill, uh, and then the Titans been kind of been lucky enough to be good at the right time and, you know, take control of the division. But now with, you know, kind of the moves Colts are making, you know, they got rid of Carson Wentz and kind of went sideways with Matt Ryan. Not really getting any better, but I don't think he's getting. They're getting any worse and um, making moves there. It, it's going to be a fight for the division between those two teams, and then who knows with the Texans? They they could be sneaky doing something. They definitely snuck up on the Chargers last season and getting a win out of us, which kind of ultimately cost us the the playoffs. So, yeah, the Jaguars are uh, scary with Trevor Lawrence too, but I think they have. Uh, quite a bit, quite a bit of problems within their organization right now. So I'm not sure uh, where they'll be or if they'll be good anytime soon. But we'll see. But it is crazy the Titans have taken advantage of a weak division over the past couple of years. And you know, going into this year, if you put the the Titans in the AFC West, you know, you might be looking at the the fourth place team in the West. Mm-hmm. So it's they're definitely taking advantage of a weak division, right? And then with all that. Uh... Picks on our teams. That's who we got for the Jets, Chargers, and Titans. Uh, BK, who do you have as your top five picks overall in the draft? Yeah, so I think the top five is going to be big man heavy. I think the the Jaguars, there's a lot of talk about them right now between Trayvon Walker and Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, I feel like it's, it's a smoke screen that happens every time this year. Um, I think the Jaguars at one are going to go Aiden Hutchinson. Two, um, they also need an edge. And I think they're going to go Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, he's kind of been falling in a couple mocks. 
but it seems like he's he's working his way back up. There were some character concerns there for a minute, but I think he's going to go number two. Uh, number three for the Texans, I have them taking Trayvon Walker. Uh, edge rusher out of Georgia. He's an athletic freak, and he has a he has a lot of upside, um, but he hasn't really shown it that much. That's that's kind of a reach there at three for me, but I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, the Jets at four, I had them going Ikiakwanu. I I'm not a fan at offensive tackle for them, but if Mikhail Becton isn't able to go next year. It's it's too big of a liability not to have, and if Mikhail Becton is there, then you just find a spot for him on the line. I know they signed Lake and Tomlinson and Elijah Vera Tucker, uh, but he's too good not to play. Maybe George Fant uh, gets to go to the bench, and then at five for the Giants, I had them going Evan Neal, um, get a guy opposite of Andrew Thomas, get those book and tackles. And then they pick again at seven, so uh, two picks there. Not too bad. It sounds pretty solid. We'll definitely have to circle back and see how correct or how incorrect you may be uh, here next week. Um, But so far, I mean, there's a lot of different uh, takes with this draft. Rather, it's, you know, pretty weak at the top, maybe more depth in rounds Mm -hmm. three through five. do you have any hot takes for us with guys that are projected to go high that may turn out to be bust? You know, the quarterback class is rather poor. Uh, do you think any of these guys turn out to be good or are they all going to be kind of shit in the bed? Uh, what do you think? Yeah, so I'm going to start off uh, with some bust or some guys that I'm not as high on. Um, a Tyler Smith, offensive tackle out of Tulsa, they have some people have him going in the top twenty. Uh, I feel like that's. I feel like he's the lineman this year that is just going to get way overdrafted. Uh, it happens every year. The Titans did it a couple years ago with Isaiah Wilson, and he didn't even last a, a full year in the league. And then um, Drake London, the wide receiver out of USC. Um, oh, really, a lot of guys have him. You know, top ten to fifteen, but his skill set, uh, those jump ball receivers, they're they're tricky. If you look at a couple of the big wide receiver busts over the past three or four years, most of them are those jump ball receivers. Uh, so he's that I would stay away from myself. And then a couple other things. Um, I think the, the running backs are really undervalued this year. I think guys like Isaiah Spiller, Brees Hall, uh, Kenneth Walker, I think they're, they're really solid. I think that the running back position is just super undervalued this year. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if all those guys go uh, on day two. And then a couple guys that scare me as well, uh, Jermaine Johnson and Devontae Wyatt. They're they're both getting – I say getting up there in age, but they're both 24, so they're older prospects. Uh, They're going to be older rookies, and both of them kind of had their breakout seasons last year. Uh, So those those older breakout guys – are kind of a crapshoot in the first round. Mm-hmm. And then my, my hot take for this year is that there will not be one Pro Bowl quarterback to come out of this draft and that only one of these guys are starting within the next five years. And I think it's going to be Desmond Ritter. Do you have any idea, you know, where he could go? Possibly, you know, Pittsburgh or, you know, any of the other teams that need a quarterback? Yeah, so I think uh, I think Malik Willis is going to be the first quarterback taken, um, and then I think Ritter should be should be the second guy taken. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes on day one at all. Um, the the Titans have met with him. I believe he's met with the Steelers. Uh, he's met with quite a few teams, um, and that's a guy a lot of Titans fans actually want to take. You know, sitting behind Tannehill for a year. And then, you know, maybe next year you have a different starter. Um, but another another wild card, um, the Panthers, who pick at six, are really in on Kenny Pickett. Uh, so don't be surprised if, if he's the first quarterback gone either, even though uh, he's quarterback three for me. 
too, Brock, did you have anything to add? Are you, are you surprised at anything? Uh, happy, sad? Well, I want to dig in a little bit more to the quarterback takes because that tends to be kind of what um, people remember from the drafts. You know, when uh, you know when you look back at it and redraft, a lot of times you start with, okay, well, what quarterbacks came out of this draft that are still in the league 10 years from now? And they end up, you know, at the top of the draft. So um, when, when you're a team who's needing a quarterback, potentially, you know, maybe you're going to give your quarterback one more year. I mean, are you looking at, you know, who are the quarterbacks coming out next year as well to, to think about that? You know, if you're not in a one-year rebuild to try to compete, um, I mean, are you looking ahead a year or anything like that? Yeah, um I don't think any any of the guys this year uh, should should start this year at all, and that's why Desmond Ritter. I'm kind of so high on him. Um, if he goes to a team like the Saints or the Steelers, you know that's that's the ideal landing spot. Whereas, say Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis goes to the Panthers, um, who their coaches and GM are are kind of on the hot seat. You know they might not have a choice but to throw in that rookie, and. Um, yeah, I I think all the guys should should probably sit a year. And then like the Lions at two, um, they have Jared Goff, but I think they have so many needs throughout the roster. They should should probably wait out this year on the quarterbacks and just build that roster up, and you know maybe get a CJ Stroud or Bryce Young for next year. I do you have any uh, kind of local prospects. Uh... Going anywhere high in the first round? Anybody from Louisville? Anybody from Kentucky? I know Wondell Robinson's big. Yeah, and uh, to touch on Wondell, he's he's kind of forgotten about in this this class. You know, four four two four three guy um, has no problem with contact. You know, pretty good route runner, great separator. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes in round two at all. I feel like he's he's getting kind of slept on. Um, D'Angelo Malone. Uh, from Western Kentucky. Um, I like him a lot. He's a pass rusher. And then um, Kentucky on the offensive line, Darian Kennard, Luke Fortner, and Dare Rosenthal uh, should all get drafted probably within rounds four to five, I would say, for for all of them. And then Josh Pascal, um, the edge rusher for Kentucky, I think he'll go in in round two, two or three. Jumping into segment number three, you know, we do this every week. We got our random question. We got some recommendations for you. And we always finish each episode with Tyler's famous quote of the week. But first things first, we're going to get through our random question. And this week's random question is, what is a hobby you haven't picked up yet that you could see yourself picking up in the future? So, I'm not sure if this one's a hobby. You'll have to let me know. Um, but maybe travel, you know? Um, is that is that really a hobby? You know, getting, you know, traveling around more? Uh, it could be, like taking like more weekend trips. Yeah, more weekend trips, exploring different cities, things like that. Um, you know, maybe, I don't know, just going in. Uh, for a weekend, seeing some museums, uh, seeing around like the downtown area somewhere, and then coming back, you know, not some like, uh, I don't know, not, not like every vacation, you know, you go to a beach vacation, that's not really traveling, you know, in my mind, because you're not really exploring anything there. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, uh, traveling, maybe seeing some different cities. Um, never really been up to the Northeast. Um, so maybe, uh, you know, exploring some of the cities there. There's a lot of history from early on in the country's uh, time there. Philadelphia, New York, uh, those sorts of things. So um, I could see traveling becoming kind of like a hobby. Um, I don't know if I'll ever get into it. But I uh, haven't picked it up yet for sure. So 
Uh, that's what I was thinking. You yeah. think you'd ever get get into uh, traveling like that? Uh, I'd like to for sure. Um, only problem is uh, money and time, and mm. you know, Those currently are two things holding me back. Yeah, um, uh, I would like to, you know, go see the world, see what's out there. There's a lot of stuff out there to see, you know. Um, yeah, I would, you know, think that would be a cool thing to do. Um, you know, with this, I'll go ahead and give mine. Uh, I know a lot of people that do this already, me, myself. I've only done it once and was pretty miserable at it. But I'm going to go ahead and say golf. I think I'm saying golf solely because a lot of my friends do it. And that could be something that, you know, we'd all just, you know, do on the weekend or something. I know there's a bunch of golf courses in Louisville, some, you know, maybe in Spencer County or in Bullock County. Um, And then, you know, a bunch of places that can be tied into like your traveling. You know, there's, you know, places in, in Nashville and, you know, Augusta and down in Georgia, um, some of these iconic, beautiful looking courses. Um, I could see myself, you know, picking it up, maybe getting some used clubs here soon, maybe hitting the range, working on my swing. Only swung a, a golf club a couple times. Um, did not feel comfortable at all. Felt like swinging a baseball bat, but uh, far worse. Um, Definitely a skill that I would like to improve upon. You know, I think of myself as a pretty good putt-putt player. Uh, I think I got putting down. No matter where I'm at, it's just hitting the ball off the tee, hitting it you know, from the rough or from the green or whatever. Um, definitely something to work on. So I could see myself doing that shorter, um, strictly just because a lot of my friends do it, and it's a good time from what I hear from them. So that's what I got. Have you uh, ever gone golfing or any of your friends golf or what you got? I mean, there's a, there's a lot of my friends, especially in dental school who go golfing and stuff like that. I've never been out to like an actual course to go golfing. Um, my golfing experience is with the putt putt, like you said, and also top golf. So that's, mm-hmm. I guess where I get my experience hitting off a tee um, but the good thing about that is, you know, you slice one, dice one, do whatever. You just leave your little club and the uh, next ball appears and you're ready to smack again. So uh, that's nice about Top Golf. You ever been to Top Golf or out to a driving range? Uh, I haven't. No, I see, you know, people go all the time. There isn't. Well, I guess there is now. It's being in the process of being built. But yeah, you know, you've seen some pictures of it recently. It's really making uh, making moves. Making some progress on it, yeah. Um, I'll definitely have to go out there once or twice um, when they open it up. How are the the rates? Um, cause I know my dad went in Nashville, and like a booth was, you know, it seemed like pretty expensive for the hour. Yeah, I mean, it's maybe like double the cost of bowling or something like that. Um, okay. It. it it also the prices change pretty significantly based on the time and day. You know, if you're trying to go on a Saturday night, um, that's like when it's most expensive. But you know, if you find yourself um, taking off on a random Tuesday or something like that, and you got a friend that's going to go with you, um, I mean, that's another thing. If you're going for more of a social thing, you know, get six people or whatever into a bay and split the cost. It's not too bad. Um, you know, uh, not something to do solo. Uh, I mean, I would not do it solo. Um, but I'm also not trying to get into golf. (laughs) Um, I think if you are trying to get into golf, maybe you go to more, a more serious, like driving range, take some lessons, you know, get a coach or something like that, at least to teach you some of the basics about, swing in the club um because that's not really what the environment of top golf is all about but um <laughs> you know it's it, it's still a good time um there's several games that you can play uh which i like um but yeah i don't know that i would ever go just by myself and then the other thing that 
well, a couple other things make it expensive too. If you want to get like the food and stuff there, their food's kind of expensive for what it is. And um, the other thing is if you reserve a bay, it costs extra money, but then you don't have to wait when you get there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all those things add up. You know, you're planning a, an event on a Saturday night where you're going to meet up with some friends and, like, get food, and you're going to reserve a bay. Yeah, it's going to be more expensive. But if you find yourself with nothing to do on a Tuesday uh, at lunch, you got a long lunch or something like that, or you're taking the rest of the day off, um, it's not too expensive. Yeah, it's a, definitely something to look into, uh, for sure. Um, and then with that, I'll go ahead and jump into my recommendation of the week. Let's uh, hear it. Go ahead and start. I got Catching Up With Old Friends. And I'll say this because today I talked to one of my good friends from high school, uh, Stephen Jeffries. Shout out to Stephen Jeffries. Shout out, Steve. <laughs> he came over for a little bit. It's the first time I've really seen him or talked to him in maybe four or five years. Um, he uh, kind of left school and kind of went and did his own thing. Um, and, you know, time flies when everyone's busy doing stuff all the time. And I haven't really gotten to see him, talk to him in, you know, quite some time. So he came over, we hung out for a little bit, uh, shot the shit, you know how it is. Um, but also, you know, this can kind of be, you know, with, you know, maybe friends from middle school that you've kind of lost touch with that you maybe, you know, still follow on social media. Maybe you like their post, retweet their tweet or something uh, every now and then, you know, catching up with, you know, friends that you had in middle school, maybe early high school that you don't really see much of now or talk too much of now, you know, kind of check in on them, see how their life's been in these last you know, five, 10 years, what they got going on. And who knows, maybe you all have a lot more in common now than what you did back then when y'all were, you know, good friends in, in middle school or something. So always good to, to catch up with some old friends and, you know, relive old times and maybe schedule some new times in the future. Yeah. I've doubled down on that. It's always good to catch up with friends, especially, you know, um, friends from high school you go off to different colleges um but now you're out of college and uh it's good to catch up with them for sure mm-hmm. and what you got uh, my recommendation um i don't know if you've seen the ads for them but the nitro pepsi draft cola have you seen those i have not you need to enlighten me I will. I was expecting that you'd seen him. Anyway, uh, I feel like the commercials have just been everywhere. Um, the marketing worked. You know, Emily picked up a pack of them for us to try. We got um, we got the Pepsi vanilla ones. Um, but it's, you know, um, a nitrogen infused, like draft can type situation. Um, so, you know, you, you get the can cold. And you give it a hard pour into a glass and it gets a nice uh, foaminess, you know, a little bit different than the normal carbonation. You know, it tastes a little thicker, frothier, um, you know, whatever you want to call it than that normal carbonation that to me, like the normal carbonation, you know, sometimes burns or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So I liked it. Um, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, be drinking one every day or anything. Um, but I thought it was good. Um, some people may think it tastes a little, um, flat, you know, I was reading some reviews to see what other people thought of it. Um, I think it's just a different, you know, consistency. Uh, so if you're going to try it, go in with an open mind, um, see what you think about it. It's, it's going to be different, especially in the mouthfeel. Um, but, uh, I, I liked it. Yeah, I'll definitely have to to look into it. Um, do you chill the can? Do you pour hard and admire and enjoy? Those are the three steps that it has on the website. 
Yeah, that's pretty much uh, what you do. What happens if you pour soft? Uh, I don't know. I guess something with the bubbles don't activate or something. I don't know. Because it's like nitrogen instead of the carbon dioxide, I think. And you said so, it's like more thicker? Yeah. Um, you know, like, you, did you ever go to like the A&W restaurants back in the day? Uh, no. Like where, anyway. Well, they have, you know, their A&W root beer that they're famous for, right? Mm-hmm. And back in the day, they used to like over by their, you know, drink fountains. They had like a, I don't know if it was like a keg or something or it's just on tap or whatever. But, um, you know, if you got a root beer, you would just pour it out of that. And, you know, the same way that that A&W is like a little foamier, less like carbonation, um, but has that like foaminess to it. Yeah. I think that's how it's similar. Uh, this Pepsi draft cola. So, I think right now they just have the normal Pepsi and the vanilla, and we got the vanilla. So um, I don't know. I wouldn't mind seeing some other flavors to try or something like that, something fun. And like I said, it's not something that's uh, I'm going to be having every day or anything like that, but just a little fun treat. Actually, yeah, I'll definitely have to look into that. I haven't, I haven't seen any ads for that, surprisingly. Oh, maybe it's uh, – I must have looked one thing up and, you know, all the microphones and cameras are on me and now I'm getting targeted ads. Mm, There you go. That's how it is nowadays. And with that, we will finish our episode how we do every other episode. We have Tyler's quote of the week. Tyler, how are you going to end us today? I'm going to end us a little different. The quote has not been said yet. So it's uh, to be filled in, but the quote is, and with the first pick in the 2022 NFL draft, go ahead and fill in the blanks. I'm not even going to say what team because there could be some <laughs> trades. You never know, uh, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. All right. And thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Life After College podcast. 